Hey, I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Hey, let me tell you, I am really, really happy today because we have a special guest on the show, someone who has been a really close friend of mine for many, many years, and somebody who I am just extremely excited to have on the show to talk about the importance of what he does. And his name is Scott Bach. Now, Scott Bach is a board member of the National Rifle Association, and Scott is also the executive director of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. And he has served that state association, which is a state NRA affiliate, for many years and has been able to take New Jersey gun owners through some of the most tumultuous, dangerous times to our rights. And as bad as New Jersey is, it would have been so much worse without Scott Bach at the helm. And I can tell you that because I saw it firsthand. So let me introduce and say hello to Scott. How you doing, Scott? Hey, Evan. It's great to be here. And don't leave yourself out of the equation because, as you well know, you're one of the association's secret weapons when it comes to doing what we do. You're one of the unsung heroes of the New Jersey legislative battles for the last 15 years. You've been a great friend and you've helped shape our policy and our actions uh, with some of your sage and insightful advice. Well, Scott, I, I really appreciate you saying that, but uh, you and I are in this for the same reason as we both know, because we believe more than anything in the Second Amendment and our God-given fundamental individual right to keep and bear arms. And you and I both get completely uh, uh, frustrated at times over the, just the sheer stupidity of the laws that not only get proposed, but ones that have even passed. And those laws turn law-abiding citizens into criminals, and we've seen that happen over and over again, and we're, we're constantly in this fight. And, and frankly, we are the underdog in this fight. The, the media uh, doesn't give us uh, our due. We are independent, really, of any mainstream because they are driven by an anti-gun agenda. And so being able to do this, this show is a way to break through that and to get our message out. And that's why it's really important that our listeners understand why their state associations are vital to their rights. Now, you happen to be at the top of one of the uh, most challenging state associations to be in because it's in New Jersey. And the, the, the things that you face and had to deal with uh, really are severe, but the fight is across the country. And any listener, number one, you not only need to belong to the National Rifle Association, but you need to belong to your state affiliate of the NRA because that state club 
is critical. Scott, can you tell tell us why? What makes the state association so important to uh, individual gun, gun owners? Well, the state association is like NRA's face on the ground. NRA is dealing with 50 states. And while NRA does an incredible job in those 50 states, as well as nationally, there's nothing like having people whose lives and energies are completely focused and absorbed on what's going on in their particular state. And that's what we do. We call the association by its uh, initials. It's a mouthful, ANJRPC, otherwise known as Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. And we are NRA's face on the ground. And one of the key reasons to be a member of your state association, every state has one. They're not all as active as we are, but um, you know, one of the reasons is to get that intensive focus. And that's, that's what we do. We actually engage a lobbyist whose job it is just to monitor what's going on in Trenton. Most gun owners aren't, in New Jersey aren't aware of it, but at any given time, there's probably three to 400 anti-gun bills that are in the legislative process. They're introduced. Most of them are just sitting there. We have a person who gives us an early warning and early heads up if one of them moves. Most of them don't move. Okay, most of them just sit there and being able to sort out, you know, the the ones that are going to move from the ones that are not going to move because, uh, you know, you could have five people sending out 10 alerts each a day on pending legislation. We are committed to conserving member energy and we only send out an alert when there's a real threat that's become actual, just because a bill's introduced doesn't mean it's going to move through the process. A lot of legislators will introduce them just for the purpose of pandering to their constituents. So, you know, we're the ones to listen to when we say to our members, as we do, there's this bill and it's coming up on such and such a date and this is what's wrong with it and here's who you need to contact and here's what you need to tell them. We mean business. We only ask that when there's a real threat and it's imminent. And uh, if we sent out an alert on every bill that were introduced, you wouldn't stop getting emails from us. It's unbelievable what goes on in the Garden State. Well, that is absolutely true. And we're dealing with uh, political odds really stacked against us too, aren't we? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, currently the entire state legislature and the governor's office are controlled by anti-gunners. And we're not talking about just people who are opposed to private gun ownership. We're talking about radical extremists, Marxists, who think guns should be seized. They oppose private gun ownership in principle for anybody. And they the regulations, the thicket of regulations, as you well know, Mm-hmm. is unbelievable and they keep heaping more and they keep heaping it on the wrong people because criminals don't pay any attention to their stupid gun laws the only people that pay attention to them are people like you and me and your clients who contort ourselves to follow these rules and then when a criminal goes out and does something and by the way gets released in the catch and release system okay they pass another law that only affects you and me and by the way when one of our law-abiding citizens get caught up in that. They're not caught and released. They're caught and ensnared in a system that tries to put people in jail, as you well know. 
you know, for five to ten years for crimes yes. that are not really crimes. No, they're 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 just technical games, a matrix of technicalities that if you step outside of it, you're now looking at the most draconian penalties imaginable. Ten years in state's prison, minimum mandatory, three and a half years, no chance of parole on the simplest of gun possession. It's outrageous. And New Jersey gun laws have destroyed people, destroyed their, their, their careers, destroyed their families, destroyed their, their hopes and dreams, absolutely destroying people. And yet there's nothing talked about it except within our sphere of influence. It is disgusting. It is horrible. Yet they still go for more and more of these uh, of these laws. And you know, in this harsh environment, where 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 the threat is so enormous, Scott, the the uh, job that you've done in. It's just astounding as to how much you've been able to stop, even though there's still so much needed to be done. And I'm wondering, how are you able to do that? How are you able, in this worst anti-gun environment imaginable, able to even have an influence? That is a great question. And the answer is complicated, but the, the bottom line is it requires the exertion of force against what feels like an immovable object. And, you know, listen, there's a huge team at ANJRPC, a team of people that are all pushing against all odds. It's It starts with mindset. It starts with the belief that um, nothing is impossible, that anything can happen, and that we need to take our energy or collect, there's a million gun owners in New Jersey, okay, there's, you know, 8 million or 9 million in the population, so we're still voted, but taking that energy and focusing it like a laser beam when and where it's needed most, you would think that anti-gunners wouldn't care, but actually what turns out is no legislator likes their phones ringing off the hook. No legislator likes their email inbox over quota because there's tens of thousands of gun owners or more, you know, suddenly shouting at them. So we've forced them to do certain things over time, you know, number one, by overwhelming them with our collective power that has forced them to choose their targets carefully. There, there used to be a time when they'd move literally over 80 gun bills at the same moment. Now they pick one or two because they know we're going to fight and we're going to fight like hell. We're not going to give up. The other thing is, and this is where you, people like you, are instrumental in exposing, you know, every time they come up with a new legislative proposal, they come up with these talking points that make it sound like it's the most, the greatest thing since sliced bread and who wouldn't agree with it and one you're one of our secret weapons because you cut right through that like a laser beam so the other is messaging we come out with a um a message that just untangles the tangle and pokes them in the eye with the bottom line truth of how absurd their proposals are and why they will be completely ineffective so it causes them to doubt themselves 
you know, we've sat at many a legislative hearing where, you know, they are actually listening to our argument for the first time. And sometimes we see anti-gun legislators shaking their heads in agreement with the things we're saying. But then they look over at the caucus leader who will shake their head no, and they they fall in line because the whole game in Trenton is a rigged game. Legislators don't work their way up if they don't do as they're told. So, listen, it's Jersey is a tough fight. And the way, listen, it's a game of pure defense at the moment, unfortunately. But the way we've succeeded is by sheer force of will, refusing to give in, poking in between the eyes with truth, and not just argument, not just intellectual argument, but emotional argument. Like oftentimes when I'm testifying in Trenton, I'm not going to, you won't hear me talk so much about, you know, scholarly research. You'll hear me talk about a single mom, okay, at home, you know, you know, as the window breaks in the middle of the night, and, you know, with intruders breaking in, and she either can't, is, is still waiting like, like people in New Jersey have, is still waiting for her permit to purchase a handgun and can't defend herself, or is limited to 10 rounds due to New Jersey's stupid laws while the criminals come in with 30-round magazines and out of a dead sleep, she's got to defend herself and her child, okay? We, we try to find an emotional cord that anybody can resonate with, and believe it or not, this works with some of these anti-gunners. They, you know, they realize there's an agenda unfolding. Sometimes they agree with us, but, you know, in the vote tally, they do what they're told. Wow. Well, that is definitely some important uh, techniques there that our listeners should utilize in their state associations throughout the country. And we'll be back to talk more about this critical subject with Scott Bach. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am. Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer today with our special guest, Scott Bach, who is the NRA and NRA Board of Director 
and he's also the head of our state association. And Scott has been in the gun rights fight for a long, long time, and he has made a tremendous difference in the toughest environment when it comes to guns, and that is New Jersey. Hey, welcome back, Scott. Hey, and, uh, you know, I didn't get to say it before the break, but what ANJRPC does, our attitude about, you know, there's no obstacle we can't, you know, you know, break through. I, you know, I just have to say it. You're unique among lawyers because you employ that same mindset. Okay. I have seen other lawyers run from cases that they thought were sure losers. And I've discussed those cases with you and you've taken them on and you find a way to beat them at their own game and you relish it and you love it. And that's what it takes in a place like New Jersey. It takes a mindset that says, I refuse to be shut down by the nonsense that we're facing. We will find a way to cut through it. And you're a master of that in the legal arena. Well, thank you so very I, much. I've uh, It's the truth. I've pulled a lot of rabbits out of hats, that's for sure. But <laughs> the other technique is to try to make the case uh, victorious based on things that the other side uh, cares about. Because they hate guns and they hate gun owners. I mean, they're just bona fide hatred and bias against us. But I found that when we can uh, uh, tap into things that can matter to them, such as other constitutional rights of importance, uh, other legal issues out there, such as discrimination and other things, uh, it's important because uh, the anti-gun laws uh, really go at all civil rights okay, all due process. They, it attacks all of these concepts because of these, the, the agenda and the narrative that the anti-gunners have put through without any regard for the impact on these critical areas of what makes us uh, Americans and what makes our system so special. And I try to always use that. And also, at times, the most important thing can very well become the court of public opinion. And the court of public opinion uh, shines the light of truth on the absurdity of the gun laws. And even though the media is generally against us, they often cannot resist the absurdity of the various cases and how they're brought and just the uh, blatant, you got to be kidding me response when someone hears about a case. So these are the kind of things we bring in every tool we can that's legal and ethical to do to save law-abiding gun owners. And that's why I'm proud to be you know, working hand-in-hand -hand with you. And a matter of fact, the association has been very successful in dealing with the lockdowns that were targeted against gun owners and ranges and gun shops. And Scott, you were so instrumental here in getting the needed relief. Why don't you tell us how that happened? Sure. Well, it was the beginning of lockdown, okay, back in March of 2020. And all of a sudden, Governor Murphy declared that ranges and gun stores were, quote, recreational. And then he closed recreational activities. So, you know, along with tennis courts and golf, you know, golf courses, he shut down gun stores. He shut down Nick's. 
and he shut down indoor and outdoor ranges. And, you know, the first reaction was, uh, you know, you know, we wanted to go nuclear on them. But then after analyzing it, we were realizing we were in a situation very much akin to uh, internment camps in World War II, which the U.S. Supreme Court validated during times of emergency. Remember, the beginning of lockdowns, people hadn't sorted through whether this is genuine and legitimate. People were scared and doing as they were told. And our counsel cautioned us really carefully about being disciplined. And we employed a very simple strategy, which was to wait until the governor reopened something analogous to what he shut down that, you know, gun stores, range, indoor ranges, outdoor ranges, and he boxed himself in and then to pounce, to be disciplined. And so we broke it into three parts. The first thing we did is we, listen, we have dialogue with the governor's office all the time. We went to the governor's office. We told him, listen, you have no right to, to close gun stores. Gun stores are under the jurisdiction of the federal government, not just New Jersey, which has its own independent bureaucracy. If you don't reopen gun stores, we're going to sue you. He said, I'm not reopening gun stores. So we sued him. A, a week later, he reversed himself, okay, in the face of our lawsuit, without even telling us, he just announced he was reopening gun stores and Nick's. Then same thing happened with outdoor ranges okay we had to be very careful of getting a bad decision and not not making our play too soon so you know we waited until he opened up certain recreational facilities that boxed himself in and then we went to him and said listen now you need to open outdoor ranges because you've opened up analogous recreational facilities and he said no so we sued him Literally, a week later, he reversed himself under the, the light of day, uh, wouldn't even fight, okay? Reversed himself, didn't tell us, just announced it, you know, we found out along with the rest of the world. The same thing happened with indoor ranges. We waited until a little later in the season, and he opened up things like bowling alleys and other places that are analogous to gun ranges in terms of social distancing, and boxed himself in, asked him, to do it voluntarily, he refused, we sued him. A few days later, reversed himself. What does this tell us about him? Number one, it tells us that he's not a man of conviction. Number two, it tells us he wasn't serious about those items being in lockdown, that, he was, that it was a political play. Because if it wasn't a political play, he would have said, you know, he wouldn't have reversed himself. He would have said, hell no, and I'm going to fight you all the way. But instead, in the light of day, he just backed down each time with petty bitterness of not even telling us he was doing it. So that yeah. reveals a mindset, a lack of conviction. And it reveals if you don't have a conviction in what you've done, then why did you do it? You did it because you could. You did it because you wanted to shut down gun stores and ranges and thought COVID-19 was a great excuse to do it. Absolutely. And Scott, you that was fantastic. Uh, general generalship by you. I mean, you really took on the leadership role of having these cases proceed in a way where you were the Sun Tzu of our fight. Because even though you filed the suits, you never had to litigate to win. And you won each one 
simply by the threat that you put forward because you waited until it was ripe to do it and then struck. And so you got a hat trick on all three wins in the face of the most anti-gun governor, most anti-gun attorney general in the most anti-gun state and got the retail stores, outdoor ranges, and indoor ranges open. That's a fantastic job. And it really shows just how smart and correct the decisions that you made were. It's, well, it's awesome. Great job. It was, a, it was a team effort. It's what we do at ANJRPC. Don't tell us the odds. We're like Han Solo. Don't right. tell, never tell us the odds because we will always find a way. Evan, as you know better than anybody, right. it all comes down to attitude. It all comes down to just planting your feet and saying, we're not giving into this. All the odds may be against us, but we're going to find a way. And it's that attitude that drives us, you you and your legal practice, and me and what I do for the association on the political side, to find solutions that nobody else sees. Everybody else get... sees what we're dealing with, and they give up. And you can't give up. You know, as long right. as there's breath left in you, as long as you're living under, you know, the boot of, of you know, unconstitutional dictators, you know, you have to fight. You can't give up right. ever. And we do. We we fight hard, and yet I want to talk about something from that that individuals, you know, our great listeners might be even wondering about, and that is, how did you get into this? Why are you such a fighter, and what makes you you? Because you've been there battling it out for our constitutional rights in this incredibly tough environment, but what got you there, Scott? What what got your interest in this? And how did this come to be about you, the person? Tell us about that. Well, it, it, it's, well, it's kind of a personal story. I grew up in New York City, okay? Yeah. And I believed everything I was told about guns when I grew up. But I knew something wasn't right. And, you know, in my 20s, I, I bought my first home in New Jersey in a rural area. And... There, there are basically two events that happened that shaped me. One was an event where I was out for a hike in New Jersey on a July morning in 2000, the year 2000, and a gigantic black bear. I came face to face with a gigantic <laughs> black bear, okay, uh -huh. and I was not prepared for that, okay, and my uh -huh. heart st started beating out of my chest. I see. And so I somehow... You, wait, wait. So at that moment, you learned that... You're not exactly sure what they do in the woods, but you sure know what you did in the woods, uh, <laughs> right? I think so, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. The, uh -huh. the, the other thing was this movement in my life started where I started to get interested in firearms. And that, you know, I followed that wherever it led. And it led to, you know, training. I trained with Colonel Jeff Cooper, who may be known to some of the listeners. He's the... He, he created the art of the pistol. He created modern pistol technique. And I trained with him. And, and One of my heroes, and I'm sure yes. one of yours. One of the greatest gun writers and, and so influential throughout so much of what we love. From the 45 1911 to the scout rifle to just an, uh, the 10 millimeter. I mean, what an influence and an amazing person. And I miss his 
his columns to this day. I miss the wonderful things he wrote. But but I was a closet gun owner at first. I was one of those people who like you know looked the looked to the left and looked to the right and didn't want to make waves. And the thing that changed that was actually um, a relationship I was in with a woman who I thought I deeply loved. I thought it might be the one. And she completely was intolerant of firearms and anything to do with firearms. And, you know, when you find that person that you think is the one, it gets under your skin. It's not just like, okay, bye-bye. But in the end, I was forced to make a choice. And I knew it wasn't right because, listen, it's one thing to compromise in a relationship. It's another thing to change who you are, to change your identity. And my identity was unfolding. And one of the hardest and most painful things that I've ever done is to let go of that relationship. And that was the reason. So in other words, honestly, you had a choice between love and your constitutional freedom. right freedom freedom to own guns and you chose your rights i chose and freedom because it, it you can't give up who you are in a relationship okay because then it like wouldn't I, work would it it would not work and it's not the right thing but it was difficult because this was so intense and you know what i said Okay, because I paid an emotional price for it, you know, that was with me for a long time. And something inside me clicked. And I said, you know what? I have paid this price for what I believe. I am not only not going to be silent about it, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops now. I am going to be unashamed and vocal about my interest in freedom and all of its aspects, including and especially firearms. And Literally, within a year of that, I was on the board of ANJRPC, and I was, you know, all of a sudden, these circumstances manifested that take people decades to win their way into an organization. And, you know, I'm on the board of ANJRPC, and I'm on a committee at NRA. And all of a sudden, the doors started flying open, and an entire career path, not not even, not, not a career path, a life path, opened before me and it actually changed my career path because I was a practicing attorney and I got knocked into this thing where all of a sudden I was a gun rights activist and, and now I you're choice. a recovering attorney, right? I'm a recovering attorney right, now. I don't, I don't practice anymore, you know, but for, for a very, very long time, I lived yeah. off of savings. Yeah, but and, you're still a gun lawyer. I know you well, are. Well, in my heart yeah. I am, but I'm yeah. also a client now what i used to hate in clients when i practiced law you know i now manifest as the client <laughs> and you are flagged as a client man let me tell you everybody knows <laughs> i know it's it's i'm i'm a very hard client i know yes. that yeah. but uh but you know results pay for themselves we're all driven and we we accept nothing but the best for for the you know if if we're not going to succeed on something, it's not going to be for lack of giving it 110%. Every ounce of energy goes into what we do with, with passion and relentless resolve. And that's what drives me to this day. And it's, it's in hindsight, Evan, it's a life path that opened for me. I was meant to do this. And those were the circumstances that manifested, that woke me up 
and made me realize I'm here to do this. And I've dedicated my life to it. And I'm not out there thumping my chest and talking about how great. Okay. I'm like, you know, I'm the team leader. That's right. And we're going to, it's all for the team and it's all and for that's why, the rights. Okay, that's why I appreciate you coming on today and actually talking about these things because you don't ever brag you're very modest and yet i look and say oh my god the stuff scott's done people need to know what a great leader and how much he has done in this incredibly tough environment and uh, i'm really happy that we could share a little bit more about that and i know that that's normally not your style but i appreciate it because i want folks to know and they need to appreciate what a great job you've done and you truly have and um, speaking of which, matter of fact, you are, I think, running again for NRA board. Tell me about that. Yes, um, I've been on the NRA board for a while now. Um, I'm finishing up um, a three-year term. We run for three-year terms, along with Anthony Calandro, owner of Gun for Hire and the gun rights activist and current NRA incumbent. We're both up for re-election in 2021 so and let me say anthony is also a good friend of mine and of the show and of both of us and he's done a fantastic job with gun for hire which is uh, another podcast you all should listen to and uh, we love anthony as well and both of you from new jersey coming from this most difficult of all states when it comes to gun rights gives both of you a great perspective on the board, doesn't it? It really does, and it helps us bring our experience to the board. Okay, I mean, listen, there are people from states like Arizona who, you know, their biggest obstacle is whether you can carry in a bar or not, okay? (laughs) I'm not joking. That's a real example, okay? Mm -hmm. There was one year a a friend of mine who's on the board from Arizona, you know, their big legislative fight was carry in bars, okay? Uh So... It brings perspective. It brings our experience to the NRA board. It also postures us to get resources from NRA that are pouring into New Jersey, which we don't, NRA really doesn't get enough credit for. I mean, NRA has put huge amounts of resources in New Jersey at at my instigation and Anthony Calandra's instigation. And we continue to do that. And, you know, the, the partnership that we have with NRA and what they do, they're unsung heroes too, and we ought to spotlight that sometime. And I agree. It's... And and people need to know. They may say, "Well, I don't live in New Jersey, and New Jersey's so effed up. Why would we care?" But New Jersey is the front lines of the battle. It becomes the petri dish for their testing of laws that then go national, and they try to do this and get it done in Jersey so they can jam it down everybody else. So we got to nip it in the bud. This is where the battle lines are this is the front lines of the fight so this is vital for gun rights for the whole country to have this fight here and this is where it is so uh let me just say that i uh i really appreciate scott that you not only uh, came on the show but everything that you're doing and continue to do and so many gun owners owe you so much let me just say that this is evan knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Keep a fellow gun owner from becoming a law-abiding criminal. Tell them to listen to Gun Lawyer Radio. Visit our website at gun.com.
Lawyer. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.